Come on down to the Law Student Lounge with your host, Attorney Ryan McKean, where law students like you tell their stories. So pull up a chair and join us in the lounge. Hi, it's uh, Attorney Ryan McKean here. Today I'm with Alejandro Cuenca. Hi, Alejandro. Welcome to the Law Student Lounge. Hey, thank you, Ryan. I'm happy to be here. Well, I am so happy to have you, Alejandro. Alejandro, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell me a little bit about your background. I know you have a real sort of non-traditional background on your way uh, to law school, and I know our listeners are going to find it pretty interesting. Yeah, so, well, I am right now at 3L, Rising 3L at uh, University of Connecticut School of Law here in Hartford, and well, my um, yeah, my story begins kind of like a while back, about a decade ago, when I was going to law school in Ecuador. I was um, I've been trying to be a lawyer for that long. I was working in a law firm and everything there. Um, I was starting my one L there. Um, it's an undergrad over there, but I did that, and then I I couldn't. Uh, there was a recession at home. I couldn't get, um, you know, all the money that I needed to uh, finish school. So I had the opportunity to come to the U.S. Luckily, I have already uh, been to the U.S. previously, and I lived here for four years when I was a younger kid, and my mom was getting medical treatment, and then I moved back for what it was middle school and high school uh, over there. So I bring that up because... Uh, when I came back, I already had some English under my belt, so it was easier, a lot easier for me to catch up. But only with a high school diploma, it was really hard for me to get a job to f- figure out how everything works here. Um, education is free in Ecuador, um, and then I came to found out here that it's not free here. So I was doing whatever it is that I could just to um, make ends meet in the beginning. So after that, I, um, through a lot of advice and, and, and just mentoring with some other uh, folks, I got into the military because I just needed a pretty much a way to live. I, I was not focused at that point, to be completely honest. I was not even thinking about law school anymore. I was just thinking about what do I need to survive you know, here in the States. And then through the military, I went into the Air Force 2017 with a high school diploma. But at that point in time, uh, after basic training, one, I got to my first base. I was already starting to carve out a plan of, hey, I met kind of like these these two steps of the of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, kind of when I already met, you know. And then I can look forward. I can look beyond. And then that's when law school came back into my into my achievable goals. And um, I went to my education counselor. And I was like, what do I need to do to, to, you know, to get a bachelor's because I want to be a lawyer? Um, obviously, I did the research on what it was, what it meant to be a lawyer here in the U.S., what you need to do, you know, taking the LSAT, having a bachelor's and, and all that. So um, fortunately enough, the stars aligned for me um, and I was able to get out of uh, the Air Force after serving four and a half years. And I did so with a bachelor's and I was out of the military and into law school directly. Awesome. Awesome. 
And how has your, you know, let's, let's, let's take it apart. That's, that's, that's a great story. How has your, you know, being raised in another country, how has that, uh, you know, shaped your experience in law school? I mean, just, I can imagine I've not been to Ecuador, but a significant contrast. Um, how can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, an advantage, you know, and you, and you can see kind of like a glass half full or, or half empty, you know, it, it depends on you. I want to see it half full in the sense that I think it's an advantage because I was able to get certain experience, uh, and certain knowledge of maybe how the world works outside of, of the U S maybe that gave me different ideas on how to approach different issues that can arise and how to approach problems and maybe uh, some issue spotting, you know, when, when it comes to law school exams. So it's just, I think it gives me a different perspective on, on life and what I expect from, uh, from it. So I think that is, that is the most important uh, aspect, just being able, not being raised the same way as everybody else um, and having, having that different uh, knowledge from even law school in Ecuador, you know, how, how the law differs in, in other parts of, of the world and how I can apply this or implement it uh, on my day to day here in the, in law school here in, in the U S. So what motivated you to want, want to go into law in the first place? You had mentioned that you, you know, you wanted to do it when you were in Ecuador. What, what, what inspired you about the law? So to be completely honest, I wanted to go into med school when I was when I was in uh, in high school, and then that was like that was like oh I want to do this I want to do this. But then I saw I had um I had an uncle of mine who he unfortunately passed away many years ago, but I had to see him going through his um, chemo and and and, and surgeries because because he had stomach cancer and. You know, I think that affected me in, in, in a different way where I I kind of like stepped back from from um, that dream of or whatever to becoming a, you know, doctor. And then people have always told me that I would be an amazing lawyer, you know, for I don't know, for whatever reason, personality tests that every single personality test that I've ever taken have been, you know, lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Um, sales or lawyer. That's that's what it comes up, you know. Um, but um, then after that, I was I was able to get in in a law firm in Ecuador as a uh, messenger. I was just doing you know little um just little tasks within the firm, and that little got me introduced into the legal world, and I liked it, and it was pretty interesting. And that way, I also found a really good mentor. And that person gave me a bunch of knowledge and a little bit of my initial nurture into the law and how I can also change and affect people's lives and improve people's lives through the law. And as I got older and I was gaining more experience, I understood how important the law works within our world, you know, legislation everything gets done and most of people that get to affect millions and millions of, of, of lives is done through Congress, through our legislative process. 
and most people in doing that are lawyers. So I found a way that I could help people because that was initially my passion that I realized going into the medical field. It was trying to help people. And through the law, I found a way that I could also potentially affect people's lives and change them for for the for the better. So that's how I got introduced into the law and how I I came to decide that a lawyer was what us what I wanted to be. So a lot of law school, I mean a lot of you know, people talk about, you know, people maybe thinking about going to law school in law school, you know, the first year is like a big thing with law school. Can you tell me about your first year, you know, sort of your first experience with law school, some thoughts on it? Because I'd love to hear about that. Sure. So my 1L was very tricky because I was um, I was an evening, evening division. So uh, I was an evening student. I was in the evening division program. And this at this time, I was working during the day and going to school at night. And because I've had that kind of like workflow in when I was in the military, going to, going to work during the day and doing school at night, I thought I was like, this is just going to be just like that. And then um, then here comes my 1L with all this new information. Um, it, was, it was just very shocking. It was just trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. You know, it was just a lot of information for me to, to grasp. So it was very challenging um, for everybody. But I think for me especially because... I have never worked in nothing legally related here in the U.S. So a lot of it was new for me. And when I was doing my bachelor's, I decided to do something that was uh, legally related because I understood that I needed to know how the system works in the U.S., how courts worked in the U.S., what's the difference between state and federal and Supreme Court effects everything whether state or federal so I had to learn all that from scratch and I didn't have that upbringing so there has been many times where people talk about you know just regular regular um I don't know like the FDR uh the new deal right and and everybody was talking about it and I was like I don't know what that is so I had to learn all that so I quickly understood my weaknesses in my 1L and for my second semester, I, I was able to start improving upon what I've learned from my um, 1L year because honestly, there is a lot of there's a lot of new information that you gain, and there's also even for um, that I talked to other professors of mine, they were telling me it's almost like learning a new language when you're learning the lingo of of, of lawyers, you know. So um, I don't know if that was your case but for me all that was just more work that I needed to do uh in the background to you know able to be able to catch up and be at par with my with my classmates but uh, everything is an opportunity so that so that's an opportunity to grow to learn and maybe have ideas and and just historical facts fresher in my mind um than others yeah, I mean, when you you hit it on the head when you said a different language, and I think for anybody out there who's thinking about going to law school, listening to this, law is a different language. It is really learning a language um, that is really at the core what law school is, and to some degree, what the practice of law itself is. Um, so I think you hit that you hit that right on. So if you could, you know, you could go back. You're you're done with your two L year. If you could go back to 
you know, two years ago as you're heading into law school that summer and tell yourself anything, what would you tell yourself? Well, definitely tell myself to focus a lot on my mental health. Uh, I think that is because of everything that how I grew up with. I think it was I was very I was always very hard on myself because it's important to to recognize that once you get into into a law field and depending on the school but majority of law schools are very competitive so it was very usual for me to always be the best of the best or one of the best whether it was in the military whether it was in my academic background I've always achieved and excelled um, beyond standards so when I got into into law school all of a sudden you know you're with all your peers are also the best of the best. So you, everybody in in your classroom most likely will be handpicked by a group of people because you've excelled in your your background in your previous uh, academic and probably work if, if, you know, you have some work experience and that you're getting chosen and now you're made to compete with yourself. So that was very hard on me in the sense of I thought um, and I had to go get counseling for like and somebody told me like this sounds like imposter syndrome. So being able to recognize and, and, and like I said, being able to recognize and kind of like understand where your deficiencies are and where you can improve early on and get to work as fast as you can towards that. I think it's. It's key keeping in mind that you're there because you deserve to be there. You know, that's uh, you hit on so much there, and we could we could spend hours just upon that what what you just told me. And I think perhaps we should. Maybe we should do multiple episodes because I think it's so important um, what what you said there, which is imposter syndrome. And I and I can tell you, having talked to thousands and thousands of lawyers from all over the country, every kind of practice one can imagine. Um, every kind of school one can imagine, you know, I think everybody has felt that way. Everybody has felt like um, an imposter and no matter how successful that they are or, or what they've achieved or where they went to school or any of it. Um, and so I think a lot about, I'm like, well, why do, why do people, you know, feel that way? And I think, you know, my, my thoughts on it are that what law school teaches is scarcity, that there's only so much success. There are only, you know, so many people who can get A's in a class. There are only so many people who are going to get on the journal or the law review or the moot court team or whatever it is. And, um, you know, I think it's really hard when you're going through it to understand that, like, success is limitless. And success, as defined by law schools, you know, law professors tend to be a very incredibly small section of, like, the legal sector, right? You have people who did... really well in law schools. Um, They clerked for some judge. Maybe they worked at some big firm and then they were in academia a year or two later. Like it's not a, it's not representative of what most lawyers do. And success tends to be defined uh, by that, their career path in a way, Mm. top of the class, prestigious, you know, appellate clerkship, uh, big firm into, into academia. I mean, do you feel that way? Do you see that in at all? So yeah, I was I, I was just trying to like get everything because I, I think I 
definitely connect with what you just said. It's um I do think success right now it is it, it's valued in 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 the words that you just put it. You know, it's we always look at somebody else and everybody defines success different, but I I think it's important that right now we understand and we internalize what we want our success to be. So, like you just said, there are many different paths to to success. There's not one way to 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 be successful. You also got to understand that if if it is that clerkship that you want, if you want that if you want that clerkship, if you want to go into this big law, you will have to do or, or com- complete some tasks and check the boxes what what those uh, kind of roles require. But not everybody is, you know, is designed or wants that same um, clerkship. And law schools do put a lot of pressure on you to to fight and to compete. To Like, this is a race. And I don't believe this to be a race. I believe this to be a journey. And I the, the better I, I've been at law school, it's because I've been able to understand that there is a there is a competition with with my classmates, but if you look at the end goal of everybody, we're all different. We all have different paths. We all want different things after law school, and at that point, you start realizing that my classmates are not my enemies. They're just a friendly competitor, you know, in the sense that you don't you have you will travel this 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 long path this long journey with them and uh, nobody will really benefit of of making or you know pushing somebody down or 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 whatnot because everybody will be successful in their own way at their own time and many professors have told us you know right now unfortunately um and it's a big point you know grades and in in law school Many professors have told us, you know, I've seen many successful people who have not had the greatest uh, grades because if you look at it, grades or law school only measures a small dimension of what it takes to be a lawyer because there takes a lot. It takes a lot of charisma. It takes a lot of empathy. It takes a lot of critical thinking. And when you're when when you're working with other people, how to collab, how to how to be a good teammate. So if I think if somebody's in that mentality of I just want to succeed no matter what um, and no matter who I have to put down, I think the that type of mentality will hurt you in the long run, because once you get out of law school, once you step out of that competitive zone, you know, you step into a team. You step into a group of people that want to reach the same goal as you, and if you were you were you kept developing that sort of mentality of this is this is a race and not a journey. I think in the long run that's gonna definitely affect your your chances of succeeding in the real world. Yeah, I think I think that that that's that's really critically important. I mean, grades are grades, grades are snapshots, and. Anybody going to law school, by by all measures, like anything you do in life, apply yourself as best you can. You know, squeeze every bit of juice out of that orange that you you possibly can in law school and in life. But I mean, understand that, like, yes, and nobody is going to grade you professionally. Like, you do not turn in a paper and get an A. Um, your your abilities to 
you know, persevere, your abilities to connect, your your ability to innovate and to maybe see problems differently or find solutions that maybe others don't um, and communicate those in a way. And also, you know, part of what uh, being a lawyer is, is creating buy-in for those ideas. Because if you're, you know, if you're at a firm, you've got to convince maybe the partner to do something. If you are a partner, um, maybe you've got to convince the client to do something. Uh, and maybe you've got to convince a judge to do something. And maybe you've got to convince, uh, you know, the team of lawyers that you do to, to, to do things. So your ability to clarify ideas, to create buy-in, uh, to, to set the vision, all of that really matters um, uh, much more than, say, uh, a grade. And I, and I have to say, like, I don't think when you get out of law school, I don't think anybody is ever going to ask you about your grades. Um, you know, every, and for better or worse, um, every single day in this profession or in life is like, what have you done for me today? You're, you're, you're as good as the argument you're making this afternoon. You're as good as the, as the, as the, as the case you're trying next week. Um, it's not what you did a year ago, two years ago, or certainly not what you did in law school. Um, so your advice of, and, and, and look, I, I have to say this is like the world of what you can do as a lawyer is so expansive and there is never ending opportunity out there for those who are willing to look and to take it. Um, and not all of that looks like a job at a law firm. Not all of it looks like a job working for the government um, or working for an insurance company. And maybe it does for you. Maybe that's what it is that you want. Certainly I've got friends and colleagues who love those places and are successful um, but I think it's really, really critical that you know yourself, you know what makes you happy, um, and sort of go after it and go after it as hard as it is that you can, um, and not get, you know, don't dream the dreams of others, uh, just because that is what, uh, that is what, uh, you know, and don't get too discouraged as to any one grade. I mean, I remember when I was in law school, everything felt like life or death. But in part, I didn't have a huge safety net. I went to, you know, a tier four law school. It was the first in my family to go to graduate from a four-year college, get a law school degree. You know, I didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't from a family of lawyers. Um, everything felt like life or death. And so when you feel that way, um, it's, that's where the psychological, emotional burden comes in because you're like, man, I... Maybe I'm not, I, I think I had many fears, like I would end up like homeless or, or, or something because I maybe didn't make a journal or whatever it was. It just, it all felt so acute. Um, but looking back, I think it, I think it's not expansive opportunity for those who are willing to apply yourself and expansive opportunity for, you know, for better or worse. What, what, what are you able to do for me now? No, I think you hit. You hit the right points when you said, you know, there's not everybody. Don't live nobody's dreams. Live, live your own dream. Be there with what, do what you want to do at the end of the day. And it's important that you have a goal. You know what you want. It can change. And law school has, has changed. For me, it has changed. And in the, in, the, in the most bizarre ways, I was trying to be a uh, criminal lawyer. And then I, and then I took my criminal criminal uh, law class and it was not what I expected. I did not want to do anything with property. It was not my thing. Just finished my my uh, class on property. One of the best professors I've ever had in, in, in my life. And it changed how I viewed that part of the law. 
So when I came into law school, they were saying, you know, you're going to you're going to change with time. You're you're going to your goals might get uh, adjusted and and moved. And I would say that my end goal of being a litigator has not moved, but maybe in what area of the law I I do such litigation definitely has. So absolutely. One of the words you use is journey. And I think that that's true for every lawyer. I mean, I I spoke with a lawyer yesterday. It's at the Connecticut Bar Association annual meeting. And, you know, I said, well, yeah, tell me about your career. And he was older. And he said, look, I started off, I was working for engineering at Hamilton Sunstrand. We were building stuff to go to the moon. I went to law school at night. Then I worked for their legal department. And then I worked for some big law firm. And then I worked for an insurance company. And then I went out on my own. I did criminal defense. And then I said, no, I don't want to do that. I worked back in you know, it was just that I did patent law. I mean, it was just like all over the place. And I think that, you know, some of the happiest lawyers that I know, they're always open to opportunity and they do always see it as a, as a journey. Um, because, you know, where it's never, I mean, for most people, and there are people out there who, you know, they do the same thing from the day they graduate law school to the day they retire. But I think for a lot of lawyers, um, they, um, they do things, they get well, they get good at them, we'll say, and then they find other things that are of interest to them. And I think that part of it is, is that some, some really great lawyers, like they are people who are never satisfied. So they get a bunch of knowledge about something and they're like, okay, I've learned pretty much all I can know about this. And why don't I learn something else? Or why don't I do something else? Or maybe they've litigated for a long time and they decide, Maybe I want to be a mediator. Um, and, and, and and so I think, you know, that if you're going into this field, um, it's one of the wonderful things about it. And and it's one of the, maybe the challenging things is there's always room for that self-reflection. There's always room for, am I doing what I want to be doing? Um, and that, that can change from year to year, day to day. Um, but I think that there's a world of opportunity, you know, just from a mindset perspective, as you're approaching your career, the journey's not linear. Like it's not like the military where you can progress up through ranks. The The journey is what you make it. Yeah, I that's that's true. I think there are definitely a vast, vast amount of opportunity out there for people to do whatever it is that they want to do. And it's important that the journey that you decide to, to embark on takes you. And it's important that you're happy with it, that you're motivated every day, day in and day out to keep doing what it is that you're doing. Because the moment you lose that passion, you lose that motivation. We are in a field where our decisions and our work ethic and our work product affect other people's lives. So the moment that you lose your motivation towards your your career, towards whatever it is that you're doing in, in your law practice, most likely have a direct impact on somebody's lives. So do not do them a, dis, a, a dishonor by, you know, just staying with it, just sticking it because it pays the bills. Find something that you truly love. Find something that motivates you to get up every day and be happy to, to that it is that you're doing whatever it is that you're, you, you're doing because, you know, you, you will have you throughout this, like, like we've said, throughout this journey, you will touch so many lives and your you and your work product will be a lot better if you if you're truly doing what you love and you'll be able to connect meet new people and open new doors and open new opportunities and maybe when you're tired of 
doing one thing, like the lawyer that you, you just mentioned, you move on to your next step and you move on to, to the next chapter in, in your life and you have that opportunity because you were so good at what you did that you networked networked and, and, and met and 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 uh were able to touch in so many different fields that you were able to to find something else that kept that motivation up and kept your your uh, commitment to to serving others because ultimately I think that's what the law is. You know, and I think I think oh, that's imp- that's important because uh, I think you have to, to in order to do some to be great at something you have to love it um, and you have to love um, you have to love at the end of the day what you're doing you have to understand why you're motivated to do this thing over something else like understanding yourself like what drives and motivates you I think is critical hard to hard to learn in law school uh, but I think I think as you go through your career it's incredibly important Alejandro just to to really to, to love it, to love it every single day. And sometimes, you know, I'm friends with um, an entrepreneurial group of lawyers from all over the country. And sometimes they think, oh, you know, Ryan, why don't you launch uh, an immigration law firm, right? There's You can make lots of money doing immigration law and you could be good at this and you could build the systems and you could do all these different things and you would you're smart at business. So you could hire people. I'm like, because I'm not passionate about it. Like I, 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 like I have friends who, you know, they, they are so passionate about immigration law and that's awesome. But for me, it's like, that's not the, that's not the thing that motivates me. And I know criminal defense lawyers, same way. I don't know why. And I know people who love doing real estate closings, but don't make those decisions. Like I wouldn't make business decisions for the money. I could make, I could, I could tomorrow, Alondra, launch a whole nother business doing wills and estates. I just don't want to do it. Not that I don't like to do it. Not that I don't think it's valuable, not, but it's not something that I love because whatever you are going to do in this business is like, you're going to be doing a lot of it. And so make sure it is that you, that you really love it. I think, you know, another point in this whole thing is money and what i can tell you basically is like if you do something that you love like the money will follow if you're committed to doing a good job at it like the money will follow like the money takes care of itself like there's no shortage of ways to make money as a lawyer in the legal profession some ways are harder than others some some sometimes it's more than others uh but in terms of earning a living, like there's a lot of ways to have even a financially successful career um, that, you know, don't involve you going to a big law firm. Um, I know some small firm lawyers who make multiples of what large firm lawyers make. I know small firm lawyers who make fractions of what large firm lawyer makes. I mean, it's just, it's it's all different. But I, I think that the possibility is there, you know, if you're willing to expand your definition of success. I agree. And I agree. And I just want to, I want to emphasize what you said about, you know, do what you love and money will follow. I think many, many um, people just do it the opposite way. Look where, where the money is at and then try to try to do that. But when I was younger, I remember my, my dad telling me those exact words. He was like, do what you love. And because you, you love what you do, you'll be the best at it. And because you're going to be the best at it, people are going to come to you, you know? So it's, 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 it's as simple as that. So that is, that is why it's important to have all these ducks in a row, you know, find what you like, be true and honest with yourself, what it is that you like and be the best at it that you can be. And 
it will take time and effort. It will take a lot of time and a lot of effort. And, you know, this is life is not life does not come with an Amazon Prime. Okay, you just don't order something and it doesn't have a two day shipping. It takes, you know, my case, over 10 years of dedication, hard work, effort, countless nights of non-sleep and a, a lot of a lot of struggles out there. But at the end of the day, if you're true and honest and committed uh, at your goal and you're moving forward to it, towards it, you're going to achieve it. And the rewards are going to be are going to be seen later on in life. So I think for any any um, potential law students out there. You know, be just have faith, have faith in yourself, have faith in in what it is that you want to do and set those those goals in your life and work as hard as you can to achieve them. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's not they don't come easy and sometimes you need to deviate from the path, but always, you know, keep keep walking towards that towards that goal. Anyway, I think I think one of the things I, I mean, I went to law school straight out of college. I was like 22, 23 when I started law school. And, uh, you know, you don't realize how young you are. Like you have so much time ahead of you. I think most law students are probably like in their mid 20s. You have so much time ahead of you. If you're 30 or 40, um, there's so much time ahead of you for things to happen. So um, I think that that's, that's something I think I wish I, I understood. I always felt like things weren't happening fast enough or like I wasn't making them happen. Um, but I think that, you know, there's a, there's a massive long game, uh, to be played out there for those who are willing to think, uh, in very long terms, like you're just getting started. Like, um, and you know, you said, you know, well, I've always some of like, you know, I've had like in this or any, any, in any lawyer's career legal day, I've been at this almost 20 years. You've got amazing days and you've got bad days. You've got, uh, whether it's practicing law, running a firm, just being a lawyer. Um, and, you know, but what I like to think is that, you know, the sometimes the bad days are just the world's way of setting you on your path. Mm-hmm. It's helping you find your journey. Um, this didn't work out, but this did. Um, and uh, I think as if you look back on your career, uh, you'll find that a lot of things that you felt maybe were devastating at a time were just pushing you down the right path. And I think that the the thing for anybody out there listening is, you know, it's not a mistake. It's only a mistake if you don't learn from it and if you don't grow from it. And so if you adopt a mindset where it's just like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow, this is an experience, um, I think you have you have a really good shot at it. Um, now are you, uh, you're two L's or are you, you're going to your three L year, you have, you're, uh, studying for the, you're start for the bar exam. Do you have any thoughts on that? I know that's a hot topic with law students. So yeah, currently I, uh, have, have friends who obviously graduated this, this May and are right now going through their, their study sessions. So these people that I've talked to who are right now going through their bar prep, they, um, they said that, you know, it's, it's different from what they've been used to in 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 law school because the bar tests you on different subjects and maybe you did not take that subject or maybe you did but you don't remember it so very important to have your outlines and whatever it is that they taught you in in your school you know to have it uh, readily accessible to you and in the way that you can understand and digest that information in a um quick manner so for for me 
specifically, I've designed my my law school path, and I guess this is one of the the perks of being in the older spectrum of law students, where because um, I just turned thirty, so and having a bunch of experience um, in different fields and and in life in general, uh, and just just a, a quick side note on that is that. Before coming to law school, and I was just first year in the in the U.S. After I, I had come, uh, after um, the recession that I talked about in, in Ecuador that forced me to move here, it was the fact that I didn't even think. Well, I didn't even know sometimes, you know, what I was going to eat the next day, if I was going to even have a job the next day, and ultimately, I I at that mo- moment in time I was you know, like, why, why is life doing this to me? You know, what can I do? What it is that I'm, I'm, I'm paying for. And it was nothing else that I think just life pushing me towards me, maybe joining the military. And if it wasn't for the military and taking those steps and, and, and those moments in life that forced me to take those, those steps, looking back, maybe if I had a, if I had a nine to five, I would have never, ever achieved my, my, my goal of becoming a lawyer because I would have been in this nice, comfortable spot. So moving out of that comfort zone, making sure you're always pushing through, I think that's important. So going back to uh, on topic of, uh, of law school, I've realized that I work better if I have a, uh, if I plan out what I'm going to do, um, for my goal. And right now, goal in life uh, is, or my short-term goal is, you know, graduate law school and pass the bar first try. What do I need to do that? The biggest thing is, you know, passing the bar. You're now, even if you graduate with a 4.0 top of the class in, in, in whatever law school, you don't pass the bar, you don't get to practice law. It's as simple as that. For me right now, I have, I'm focusing a lot on making or, or what I focused on was making sure I had enough time. So transitioning from the evening to the day division put a lot of extra workload because I was taking less classes in the evening division. But also that also enabled me to take a full year. This two this 2L for me was extremely difficult because I took on a lot of classes to catch up and also to prepare myself and to help myself in the future because my 3L spring right before the bar, I'm not going to have to take as many uh, doctrinal classes. I'm going to have a little bit more free time that will enable me to start studying for the bar beforehand and not having to be, you know, that crash course almost in that you want to take this time for for the bar, like a, a two uh a two-month pretty much, you know, study session that, that they want to do. I want to take a little bit more time just because I know how I study. I, I learned to recognize what are what works best for me. So I'm in that path now. And uh, I I just have a, a friend who graduated and he had a very similar path, but he had a, a lighter, softer 3L spring. And he was like, it, it was the best decision that I, t- that I made. So yeah, looking, always talking to, to some people in law school, especially if they're in, in, in years more advanced than you, always can also help you on maybe changing your goals and see what you can do. Yeah, and um, that's that's excellent. I remember when I did the bar, uh, you know, I was nervous about that, obviously. And my goal was just, I, I, I promised myself I was only ever going to take it once. 
went through. I, was, I didn't want to do it any more than one time. And if I if I uh, didn't pass, I was it was probably not my uh, not my calling in life. Um, but I but unfortunately I passed. Um, and I just remember um, uh, doing. I did like fifteen multi state exams every single day from the day I graduated until the day I took the bar. But the end of the summer, I had like memorized questions and answers and uh you know but it's you know for those out there it's it's passable and just you know take those bar prep courses they they really do matter so alejandro just two things we're going to close the show with uh just you know two questions one is do you have any tips for somebody who is thinking about going to law school or going into their first year like just a quick tip could be could be something real small sure so well if you're going to law school i would say the biggest tip that i would have for you is start working on all your materials as soon as you can and that includes your personal statement your if you have any any diversity background or diversity statement um beforehand because although i know a lot of people focus a lot on the lsat and it is the what carries more weight in an admission process the your personal statement could also be a contributing factor if you get in or not to your dream uh, law school. And if you're a 1L, I would suggest that you pay close attention to the readings and make sure you have really good notes. Really good, A really good outline is going to be your best friend at the end of the day because your exam is worth sometimes anywhere from 70 to 90% of your grade. So your outline, your own outline, not bought, not shared, your own outline is going to be your best friend because it's your words and the way that, that you, um, how you understand whatever it is that you're learning and that will help you have, like, you have no idea. Great advice. Last question, real serious. However you take your burger, veggie burger, hamburger, cheeseburger, whatever it is, what what are what are the what are, what condiments are you putting on top of a burger? So I'm gonna go ahead and give them another tip, and this is a law school answer. It depends. It depends on it depends on it depends on 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 where I'm at. But let's say that I have all the condiments in in, in the world, and it's my uh, perfect burger. I'm gonna go with um, grilled mushrooms, grilled onions, um, and then pickles. I would have to say, I would have to say, yeah, that that's usually what I ask at Five Guys. That's what I was thinking when you asked me that question. Honestly, I was thinking Five Guys. What do I put in my Five Guys burger? Well, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's a great thing. I think maybe we should have Five Guys today. We should order order some Five Guys to the office. Um, uh, because I I'm I'm I I'm a big ketchup. I mean, like I like don't get me wrong. I like caramelized onions. I like I like a whole bunch of stuff, but ketchup uh mayonnaise pickles like that's sort of like my go-to so alejandro uh thank you thank you so much um i really appreciate you being on the show there's a lot of great stuff here i mean your story is unique um and i think you shared a lot of a lot of real wisdom for anybody out there listening today so thank you i appreciate you having me thank you ryan thank you for joining ryan mckean in the law student lounge where real law students talk about their real lives. Are you a law student with a story to tell? Learn how you can share your story with us in the episode description. And join us next time in the Law Student Lounge.